Hello and welcome to another episode of Two Guys and a Chainsaw. I'm Todd. And I'm Craig. Today's movie is not a request, it's just something that's been on our radar for a while. We have been itching to do some more movies from the 80s that are a little cheesy and a little fun. I know, Craig, that you've seen this a few times. I've only seen it once before, and I didn't really remember too much about it. Uh, In fact, I'm wondering if I remembered a different movie. (laughs) This is um, 1986's Witchboard, uh, which is the writing-directing debut of a guy named Kevin Tenney. Now, we know Kevin Tenney from a few films. He directed The Night of the Demons. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a pretty notorious movie. He did that one right after this movie, just a couple years later. He did another movie called Witch Trap in 1989. Have you seen that one? No, and apparently it's like kind of a spinoff of this movie, I guess. Oh. But there are actually two sequels to this movie and then Witch Trap, which I I read is a spinoff, but I also read that it specifically said on the back cover of the VHS, this is not a sequel to Witchboard. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting. Like, like, almost like he's trying to distance itself. That's that's weird. Well, I don't know, because I think he was involved with both of the other sequels, too. So yeah, he, I don't know. He wrote the, th- the second and third one. He only directed the second one, you know, because then he jumped right into Pinocchio's Revenge, <laughs> which I think you've seen. <laughs> yeah, I have. And it's awful. And it's stars the same male lead as this one uh, as as witchboard i believe but not that it's entirely relevant but pinocchio's revenge i have read was actually much more along the lines of what they originally intended for a child's play oh really yeah that uh you know it was this killer doll movie but they kept you more in the dark wondering whether the doll was doing stuff or the kid who owned the doll was doing the stuff oh, gotcha. in Pinocchio's Revenge. And I have seen it. It's awful. I don't. That's the only thing I remember about it is it's terrible. So okay. anyway. <laughs> Fair enough. Well, he has kind of an interesting history. This is another one of those cases. It seems like in horror this happens a lot. There's a guy who's in um, his final year or whatever of film school and he writes a movie that he wants to get produced and he gets wrapped up in getting funding for it and financing and pretty soon it happens. So then he quits film school just before he gets his degree uh, to go out and make this movie and then it sort of sets his career more or less. So Mm -hmm. I think we've done several movies like that, especially because horror seems to be a genre that's really easy to jump into and make money from. At least it definitely was around this time. I don't know, horror just has this kind of fan base. It's pretty rabid. We'll put up with a lot, won't we? We'll <laughs> we'll devour. Oh yeah, a lot of you know if the concept looks interesting, we'll watch it. And uh, and even if you know we're used to low production value, we're used to cheese, we're used to cheesiness. That a lot of it's part of the fun. And so even if your movie isn't like particularly great, it can be good enough sure. to show that you've got some promise in this genre as a director or a writer, or whatever. And so a lot of movies like this are just springboards for for folks onto bigger and better things. So it's a it's a smart thing to target. I think, uh, what was it? There's nothing out there, right? We did that movie that was written by the kid when he was 16, right? And he, that was his oh, first yeah, movie. Oh, yeah, something like that, yeah. Yeah, so there's just, there are a lot of these, you know, and people directly target this genre because they know it can be a moneymaker. And so, yeah, you know, he started out that way, got his money, shot this movie, did his thing. And ever since then, I mean, he's made a movie every couple years. Without stopping, he had a bit of a brief pause in 2009. He did a movie called Bigfoot in 2009. And um, now we are 10 years later. 
Uh, there's a movie called Sins of Seven in pre-production and another movie, it looks like an anthology film, an anthology horror movie called Don't Let Them In. So I assume he's maybe directing one of the sequences for that or or something. Gotcha. Yeah, so, you know, he has a fairly respectable little career going after this movie. But this movie itself is uh, <laughs> it's a time capsule, isn't it? It is. Yeah, oh my gosh. <laughs> it's so 80s. It's fantastic, really. Mm. <laughs> I have no idea why, but my sister and I used to watch this movie all the time. I can only (laughs) imagine that it's one of those things that either my dad taped off HBO or illegally copied from uh, a rental. Right. Uh, I don't know, but we watched it all the time. I just remember liking it so much when I was a kid. Yesterday when I watched it, I, I'm sure was the first time I've watched it probably in 20 years. And it, it's it's not it's not great. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not. Not in the slightest. <laughs> it's not great. Uh it, but I'm probably still gonna be really generous with it. And I, I imagine that it's probably only because of the nostalgia. For me, I guess. But I I still enjoyed it. (laughs) (laughs) I was trying to figure out if it's so bad it's good. It's really... (laughs) Sometimes, and I think we've talked about this before too, sometimes a horror movie that's bad just isn't so bad it's good. It's just bad. That's true. And it's hard to watch. And I don't think I would exactly put this movie in that category, but I feel like it's really riding the fence. I, I remember about, it's what, an hour and 35 minutes long? Yeah. And I remember looking at the clock thinking, okay, this is almost over. And it still had 34 minutes left to go. And I was like, oh, geez. <laughs> <laughs> and for me, that was one of the big problems with the movie is it moves so slowly. I feel like everything's just kind of paced out a little too far yeah yeah and i felt the same way i mean it there are good parts and i think that uh there are it's not a bad concept i think it's an interesting concept you know it's not like this is the only ouija board movie you know there have been plenty of (laughs) horror ouija board movies but there are some good parts that i really enjoy and then there are some parts that i'm like oh my gosh really do we need to see this like, <laughs> <laughs> like couldn't we just get like 30 seconds of you know exposition instead of having to watch like research like <laughs> <laughs> but but nonetheless nonetheless we I have enjoyed it. It. well it'll it'll be fun to talk about anyway yeah i think so i mean it, it opens up right away you, you you get the opening credits and you can just it just reeks of the 80s yeah. like the opening <laughs> credits just absolutely reek of the 80s um which is a good thing for me you know i i could see why some people would see you know the credits pop up and be like oh here we go but (laughs) it opens with an opening shot of this old mansion this huge mansion it's the same house that was used in waxwork and another movie do you remember what Um, the other one was i don't uh, know willard willard from the 70s willard right yeah Mm -hmm. yeah um, it's this huge mansion. It's it's awesome. And, and they're having a party for reasons unknown. I don't know. I, I remember thinking when I was a kid, how do these two young people 
this young unmarried couple, how do they afford to live in this enormous <laughs> mansion? <laughs> I, was, I was thinking the same thing. Actually, as we were watching it, I was trying to figure out whose it was at first. I thought, okay, is this like a family thing that was passed down or does one of them have a, the better job than the other? And we're talking about Jim and uh, Linda, right? And uh-huh. it, and then we find out Jim is like a construction worker. We're like, all right, well, it's clearly not his house. And I thought, okay, well, it must be Linda's house. What does Linda do? I don't know if we ever figured out what Linda does. Um, I don't think she does anything. Yeah, she <laughs> she, she just around. hangs out in the apartment in her satin robe. Like, <laughs> that's literally all she does through the whole movie. That's true. She, <laughs> she rarely leaves it, doesn't she, now that I think about it? No, she hardly ever leaves. The only time she leaves that I can recall is, like, when she goes to the hospital later in the movie. Um, there's, there's some talk of her, like, going to class. But, like, you have no oh, idea yeah. what... Like, is she going to college? Is it like a, a welding class? Like, I like, I yeah, have no idea what she's doing. It's the class that presumably Brandon, Brandon, the asshole. Oh Brandon, my god, is presumably he teaches it because he keeps calling and saying how she hasn't arrived or she hasn't turned in her papers or something. Yes. Okay. So Jim is played by Todd Allen who is a working actor. Like you look at his IMDb profile and he has been in a million things. Um, He was in Django Unchained uh, is probably his biggest uh, title, but he's been in tons and tons and tons of things, movie, TV, everything. And then you've got Linda who's played by Tawny Katane, who is probably most famous for rolling around on that car in that white snake video. Oh dude. As soon as I looked her up and I realized that was her, I just I immediately stopped. I went over to YouTube and I watched all the white snake videos. <laughs> you immediately stopped it and like I did. had to take a bathroom break. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not ashamed no. to admit it. <laughs> no, she's she's super hot. And oh, that dude. video was super hot with yeah. Yeah. Her rolling around on and, the car. And that video is also totally 80s. Actually, there are four white snake videos. She was like, you remember when Alicia Silverstone was in those Aerosmith mo- uh, videos? Yeah, yeah. But this is like the same deal. Like she's in like four of these white snake videos, except the Aerosmith videos actually had little plots and they were kind of cute. These white snake videos, I feel like they filmed all of her stuff in just one day and just spread yeah. it out across the videos because it's either her rolling around on a car or walking down a cold, wet street with fog blowing by her. Or dancing upstairs in a bedroom. <laughs> uh-huh. For no, I mean, it has very little to do with the songs, but dude, uh, I'd watch that all day. She's a very beautiful woman, but <laughs> maybe not the best actress in the world. <laughs> mm-hmm. She should keep her mouth closed and just roll around on cars a little bit more. <laughs> That's an awful thing to say, by the way. That's gross, Todd. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm, I'm hanging up right now. Okay. <laughs> And and then you've got Brandon, who is played by Stephen Nichols. I swear to God, we may as well make this a Days of Our Lives podcast. (laughs) Where does everybody come from? Oh, yeah, your favorite soap opera. It seems like every third movie that we do has somebody from Days of Our Lives in it. But yeah, this this guy has been on Days of Our Lives for decades. Like, and he's still he's still doing it. Oh, really? Oh, God, yeah. Uh, like, he's not on all the time, but they bring him back all the time. And he plays Brandon. Okay, and here's the deal. So Linda is dating Jim, who is a construction worker. Brandon is like the super rich kid from town who Linda used to date. And we find out, okay, so in the opening scene, they're having this party, 
And Brandon is a pretentious ass. Yeah. Like he's just such a dick. And, and and I didn't remember that, but he is. Like I just kept wondering why is he at their party? Yeah. Because <laughs> like he's so like he's just blatantly insulting to Jim. Jim should have just took him outside and kicked his ass, frankly. Like yeah. <laughs> like it's his party. He's being such a, a dick to him. And, uh, you know, Jim has to kind of retreat to his blue collar friends. This is also, you know, like it's such a weird eighties trope that people have house parties and everybody shows up in like their suits. Yeah. (laughs) What? I know. Except for Jim's blue collar friends who are there in like their jeans and t-shirts, which would be what a normal person would wear to a house party. But they get into it. Jim and Brandon get into it right away. Because Brandon's being a, a dick and and Tani Katane, Linda uh, chases Jim into the kitchen and and she says, I love you. And he says, I know. And and I bring that up because it's like a thing like he can't say I love you to anybody. Yeah. Stolen from Star Wars, basically. And, and then we have our first we just seen again. Jandon, Brandon is such a uh butthole like somebody's like oh it's a ouija board he's like no it's ouija it's ouija (laughs) he gives them all these rules like it works best if two people use it and if it's not sitting on a table but on their knees because then there's the most body contact and it needs to be people with clean systems like so people who don't smoke or drink or whatever jim's blue collar friends the dark haired one who kind of looks like John Stamos, his name is Lloyd, uh, and he's cracking jokes, and he's he's funny. I liked him. Um, but anyway, so it turns out that Brandon and Linda are the ones who haven't been drinking, so they're going to do it, and they do. And they contact this spirit that supposedly Brandon has contacted a bunch of times, and it's this little boy who died 30 years ago, and his name is David. They're talking to him, and... Uh, at, at some point, I just thought it was so funny. I wrote it down. Uh, Jim says something about like, it's a little stupid. And his friend Lloyd says, it's a lot stupid. Like, <laughs> <laughs> not, like nobody, nobody's really buying this. And, and I, you also kind of feel like it's it, maybe he's talking about the movie. <laughs> yeah. Oh, maybe. <laughs> it's the only thing I can think of. No, it is stupid. I mean, and you're just standing around and watching this. And I think this is maybe the inherent problem with these Ouija movies, especially the, the way that it's presented in this film. And we've seen a lot of movies like that have this as an element in it, right? It's how the spirits awoken or whatever. It's usually something really dark. They have candles lit around there. It's a really intense kind of atmosphere. They're in the place where they know there's a haunting going on or something. And this is just like a bright lights at a party on two people's knees while everybody else is standing around watching them slide this planchette around. Mm-hmm. Not terribly tense scene, not terribly convincing for us or anybody who would be there watching. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. I mean, I I would have totally thought that this Brandon guy was just pushing the planchette around. Like, well, yeah, he's putting the moves on Jim's girlfriend. Yeah. Brandon and Linda used to be together, but they're not anymore. And that's where all this tension comes from. And they end up asking this kid, like, you know, some random questions. But Brandon says, will you be able to return to the living someday? And he's like, yeah. And will you be able to choose your parents? And the kid's like, yeah. Like, 
that's such a random line of questioning. Yeah, like, <laughs> <laughs> it's really contrived. Yeah, a lot of yeah. This, a lot of it's super contrived because they're trying to give us some information, and that later comes into play when we sort of find out that Linda is pregnant, or at least thinks she's pregnant. Yeah, yeah. And so, oh, okay, yeah, that's where that that's why that was said. Apropos of nothing. <laughs> and Jim and his friends are making fun of this the whole time it's going on. And like, apparently that agitates the spirit and he gets all agitated and go and like breaks contact or whatever. And then the one of Brandon's uh, tires on his fancy little red convertible get popped. And there's almost a physical altercation between Jim and Brandon, but Jim is the one who should be insulted and angry and he's kind of the aggressor, but he stops himself. And then it cuts to the two of them, Jim and Linda in their bedroom. And Linda's like, thanks a lot for ruining the party. Like, <laughs> what? <laughs> it's true. The movie he didn't even do anything. Yeah. The movie's trying to paint him as the wise ass who's cracking the jokes, who's ruining everything. But it's only because Brandon's being a total dick. <laughs> yeah, and because she invited him in the first place, like, don't invite your ex-boyfriend yeah. to your party, you dumbass. <laughs> uh, so silly. And the acting, like, oh. I'm sorry. The acting is just terrible. It really is bad. <laughs> I mean, it's serviceable in parts, but then in other parts, like, you know, Tani Katane is sitting there brushing her luxurious hair, <laughs> like <laughs> having this conversation of like, oh, my God, this is so bad. Yeah. We cut then to the next day, I guess, which is at uh, Jim's work site. Like he's a construction worker. He's building a house. We find out that his hammer has gone missing, which ends up being a important plot point um but then it cuts to linda and she gets a call from a doctor on her answering machine and it says your test results are in but she's already too late to call back so she gets on the ouija board alone which brandon specifically told them not to do right and she asks if she's pregnant and it says yes and she's like oh is it true you can choose your own parents? <laughs> that is so freaking creepy. It's creepy. Why would you want to choose a ghost kid to be your kid? That's so weird. <laughs> it's crazy. She basically invites him to, to choose her uh, kid, uh -huh. and uh, he says no, and she says why not, and is it, and he says it's because he doesn't like Jim. Jim, who just cracked a bunch of lame-ass jokes at the party, really it didn't take much to piss off the spirit. Right. So, And then, like, what, the Ouija board flies across the room and i don't know well then it it cuts back to the work site where lloyd and jim are talking and we find out in this conversation that jim and brandon actually used to be best friends <laughs> best friends yeah and uh, because jim's parents were drunks and so he didn't want to be at home and so he spent most of his time at uh, Brandon's house and then right away Jim's missing hammer we get an ominous shot of it at this like pallet of sheetrock that's hanging right above them Jim stands up and walks away and Lloyd like lays back where they were sitting and eating lunch and the sheetrock falls and crushes Lloyd and he's killed which made me sad because he was funny. Yeah. And I wanted him to be in the rest he of the, the movie. He was the most interesting character in the movie. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> crushed by, I have to say, because I've been on a, lo- a number of construction sites, I have no idea why there was a stack of sheetrock um, on some scaffolding yeah, just above their heads. There's no good reason for it to be up there. <laughs> They're outside. No, but it total it totally would have killed him though. Oh, I yeah. mean like yeah, for sure. He would he definitely would have been dead. But also his hatchet slash hammer. It's more of a hatchet than a hammer. Yeah. It's it's actually a hatchet, and I have no idea why he uses it as a hammer. Let's just put it that way. Is sitting on top of it. I thought that this was because it's got his initials carved in it, JW in the bottom. And I thought for sure that this ghost was causing this to happen to frame Jim, like this hatchet was going to fall first and the drywall was going to come down on it or something like that. So it was actually the hatchet that killed this guy, but it wasn't. No, but I, the the suggestion is that the hatchet was what cut the ropes that made it. Fall. Well, there's no visual suggestion of this because the no. hatchet is just laying on top of the drywall. What happens is in the next scene, um, they're at the funeral of uh, Lloyd. Mm-hmm. And after it's all over, Jim is hanging out with Linda, right? Mm-hmm. And everybody else walks away and some random dude walks up to them. And he's an older guy and he says he's a policeman from the homicide detective. And and my God, this what follows is the stupidest bit of dialogue. Oh, it's so dumb. It's so dumb. You like magic? What? Magic. You know, card tricks, sawn ladies in half. Magic. Yeah, I guess. Me too. I always wanted to be a magician. I don't have the hands for it, though. Not uh, dexterous enough. Then how do you defuse bombs? I don't know. No one's ever planted a bomb here. (laughs) What can I do for you, Lieutenant? I'm investigating Mr. Salvador's death. You ever been to Vegas? No. Why? They got these two guys there. Sigmund and Roy. I mean, they are the best magicians I have ever seen, without doubt. Yeah. I mean, they do some really amazing things. You know, there's only one thing I like better than seeing a good magic trick. It's trying to figure out how it was done. Lieutenant, we're not really talking about magic here, are we? No. And why does this always happen? I don't believe this for a second, that detectives just hang out at funerals and wait right. until everybody disperses <laughs> to approach people. But it happens in horror movies all it the does, time. It like, does, right? Oh, so- sorry to bother you at your friend's funeral, but I just had a few questions for you. Okay. Yep. I- <laughs> Do you like magic? <laughs> Have you ever heard of Sigmund and Roy? Which isn't even right. (laughs) No. Siegfried. Siegfried. (laughs) Do you like magic or are you just putting on an act? And he goes through, you know, again, it's that typical detective. It's trying to be very clever. Like he's got this extremely roundabout way to come around to the point where he's accusing Jim of murdering him. But it comes across so dumb. So anyway, he does his thing. And this guy um, is another actor, actually, who's been in uh, quite a few movies and TV shows. Yeah, he looks familiar. Burke uh, Burns. Yeah, if you go to, again, if you go to his IMDb webpage, you will see like 81 credits and it's all over television and, and movies. He was a voice in The Land Before Time. He was Daddy Tops, I guess. Fall Guy, MacGyver, Dallas, you know, all those movies. Falcon Crest. Sure. <laughs> he was in Child's Play 3 as well and the airplane movies. You know, I thought he was pretty familiar looking, but his acting is dumb. Yeah. But maybe it's because his lines are dumb. It is. And, and like, this is one of those things where 
they really could have just left this whole part out of the movie. Oh, yeah. Like, this whole investigation thing is so stupid. Like, clearly, this detective thinks that Jim had something to do with Lloyd's death. And then as more bodies start piling up, this detective obviously thinks that Jim is involved in some way. But it really adds nothing to the plot, except for that this guy just pops up every once in a while to be annoying. And let's let's talk about this from a realistic standpoint, too. His explanation, are you missing a hatchet, Jim? Yeah. Uh, yeah, my hatchet's missing. Uh, I had to buy a new one. That's interesting because something showed that the ropes that were holding the drywall together were cut with a hatchet that matches yours. How does that even work? <laughs> yeah, that's some pretty impressive forensics right there. Like, <laughs> Are there like specific hatchet marks on the rope <laughs> that lead to this particular hatchet? I don't know. And then he disappears for like most of the movie and then comes in like half an hour from the end. Back so it, yeah, it, it's unnecessary. Okay. The only thing that you skipped right before the funeral, David, the little spirit boy that Linda is talking to now, like helps her find this ring that she's lost. Oh, by so the like, way, she's also no plumber. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just had to laugh at this. Like she, she goes into the, 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 the boy tells her that the ring is in uh, the drain of uh, in the bathroom or something. Uh, so she knows enough to get a wrench. Okay, that's impressive. She's got the right wrench to go there and immediately unscrew one end yeah. of the U-trap underneath the drain, twins it out, and then spends the next 10 minutes fishing her <laughs> finger, which isn't even long enough, to go down there to try to get it out. When that doesn't work, she goes and gets a toothbrush. I mean, it's like, what? Just take it off and dump yeah, it out. Yeah, just take it off. <laughs> Yeah, and the other thing is she uses a toothbrush, which I can only imagine isn't hers. And then when she's done, she puts it back and doesn't even rinse it off or anything. It's so gross. But she finds her ring. Jim scares her inadvertently. Like, he does this throughout the movie. Like, he just pops up behind people and scares them. But she turns around and swears at him. And, And I thought that, it happens twice in the movie. And I thought that those were Tawny Katane's best moments. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> when, when she freaks out and swears. But apparently it's uncharacteristic of her, which... Which really offends him. He gets really upset. Like, like is he a bit of a prude? Well, I, I don't know. I think he's just surprised. And his friend has literally just died like an hour earlier. So, but, but he does. Like, he lectures her like language like, uh, <laughs> really <know>. like <laughs> calm down we're both grown-ass adults like <laughs> chill out he's a construction worker come on <laughs> i know right but linda tells jim that she's pregnant uh-huh. and they have a little moment brand oh brandon's asking for the board back right yeah so uh-huh. the next scene i think is in the kitchen yeah linda goes back to the board for no good reason just to let it know by the way, I'm going to be giving you back to Brandon tomorrow. Right, because she's like mad because she thinks that maybe David had something to do with the accident. She she thinks that maybe David was trying to hurt Jim. Yeah. So, yeah. So she goes just to be like, oh, 
and giving it back. (laughs) (laughs) I swear to God, she only exists in this apartment. All she ever wears are nightgowns and this long flowing satin robe. Like that's that's like her whole life. No complaints. And, by <laughs> so I guess I understand why she gets obsessed with the Ouija board because what else, else does she do? have to do? <laughs> yeah. Anyway. So then she goes to the refrigerator and a knife flies off of the wall and inexplicably gets stabbed straight down into the floor. And then a, a random bottle of ketchup <laughs> that is just out with the uh-huh. t- lid off or something on the edge of somewhere tips over and drops ketchup right down on the knife so that it looks like it's a bloody knife and this is the ominous omen. And Oh my God, is that so stupid? It looks so stupid. And then it cuts to a wide shot of the house and you just hear her scream, which (laughs) happens like three times. Yeah, and this is kind of the thing about this movie is that that makes it hard to really laugh so hard at because it's so serious about all this stuff. Mm-hmm. It's presenting you with this really dumbass dialogue. It's horrible acting and these really laughable moments, but there's no hint of self-awareness here. There's no hint of humor. It is dead serious about the whole Oh yeah. Thing. Oh yeah. And that should be funny, but it and I guess it kind of is when we're talking about it, but in the moment you just kind of roll your eyes. Yeah, I can totally understand why. I mean, I liked it when I was a kid, so I was into it. So, But I, I get it. I, I totally get it. Uh, then, so Brandon visits Jim on the construction site and asks him, is Linda acting strange? Is she swearing? Is she sick? And Jim's like, yeah. And Brandon explains this whole thing about how because she's using it alone, it opens her up to the spirit and it's dangerous. And it says, at first the spirit will be really helpful and friendly. And that's called progressive entrapment. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) He says it three or four more times. But then once the person is open, then they can start to possess the person. This is called progressive entrapment. So what you're telling me is that I'm living with Linda Blair. Damn it, Jim, I'm serious! And Brandon says, I, I want to bring over a medium to do an exorcism. But then there's this whole conversation where Jim says, yeah, these may all be symptoms of possession or whatever, but they're also symptoms of pregnancy. And Brandon goes off on this whole thing about how you don't really love her because you can't love anybody and you'll eventually get tired of her and you'll just leave her just like you did with something just like you did with medical school, just like you did with, and Jim cuts him off. It's like, shut up, Todd. Brandon and Jim are gay. (laughs) 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 Like, I don't think that they're necessarily aware, totally gay, but these guys, (laughs) like when they say we used to be really close. Yeah. They used to be really close. <laughs> I I, sw- I swear to God that I didn't. I, it makes sense to me now why I watched this movie so many times when I was a kid, because <laughs> these guys are gay. When I was done watching the movie. <laughs> oh, I wish you were here right now. Oh, dude. <laughs> <laughs> my, my partner, my partner just walked in the room <laughs> and did it. 
a humpy dance. Uh, yeah, that was fantastic. Um, but uh, when I was done watching the movie, I Googled witchboard gay because I'm like, surely I can't be the only one uh-huh. who sees this. And I'm not like there are so many articles and blog posts and things about how this really is a romance story about Jim and Brandon. Mm. And like Linda is just totally relegated to her apartment. Like Mm. she's not even an important part of the movie really. (laughs) And then the whole second part of the movie is just about these two guys rekindling kindling their relationship and they can't even have a conversation with one another without getting like literally all (laughs) (laughs) misty-eyed that's a good point (laughs) (laughs) and as we (laughs) i i just happened I have in my notes that when he's like, just like you left and the guy goes, shut up. And I just have my notes. Oh my God. Totally gay. They are gay. (laughs) (laughs) I'm glad you're here to point this out to me. Cause I mean, I just don't think my gaydar was up on this one, but it is completely improbable and a little awkward and strange how the movie does end up progressing for the second half where they suddenly are these, it's like this buddy thing. Yes. And they, overcome they're just so spiteful and hateful to each other and within about one scene suddenly they're getting misty-eyed and talking about the good old days and like cracking wise and joking with each other like they're best buds uh-huh staying in a hotel room together <laughs> you right with, you know with their glorious 80s chest hair <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but we're, we're not there yet. We'll get there in a second. Okay. Yeah. So Linda's scared of David now. And then probably my favorite scene, they do invite the medium over. And this uh. medium, her name is Zarabeth. And she's played by a lady named Catherine Will Hoyt. She's done a bazillion things. She's been all over TV and all over movies. She's very recognizable to me, but I remember her mostly from this movie. Yeah. But she's so funny. She's so 80s. I mean, I guess they're kind of going for punk. She's not really punk, but... Um, she's like punk kind of slash Valley girl, uh, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but she's hilarious. She has hilarious dialogue. But at one point, like they sit down to do this uh, seance or whatever. And she's like, uh, bummer. I forgot my crystal ball. <laughs> Just a little psychic humor. I don't really have a crystal ball. <laughs> Should we hold hands or something? Nah, it's just in the vampire movies. (laughs) Anyway, my nails are too grody. And they have this seance and she channels David and Brandon scolds David like, no, you're the bad one because you're terrifying Linda. And the kid's like, no, I love Linda. But Brandon says, you know, the, the person that you're talking through is a medium and she has the power to exercise you. And the kid's like, no, no, I'll go away. So he does. But on the way home, Brandon is driving Zarabeth home and she's like, did you say that kid is only 10 years old? And he's like, yeah. And she's like, man, he must have been taking some major vitamins or something because that was some like powerful stuff that was going on. And then when he drops her off, she's like, no, seriously, like something's off. Um, I'm going to do some research and I'll get back to you. So she goes in her house and she does 30 seconds of research. 
<laughs> in a book. And yeah, in a book. In a book that she just has at her house. Yeah. And <laughs> I guess we used to have books at our house. Maybe she pulled in one of the encyclopedias off the wall, the W or something, you know? I guess I didn't get a good well, look like at it. Well, like a psychic encyclopedia or something. <laughs> like an occult encyclopedia. It's the Time Life uh, Mysteries of the Unknown series. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but she, uh, she, she opens up and she finds this picture of this scary looking guy and she goes to call Brandon, but then the spirit cam chases her around. That's right. The this, house. The spirit cam. It's like ever since Evil Dead, there's got to be a spirit cam when people don't really know what else to do. <laughs> like, like, can they actually see it? Because when it's the POV of the spirit cam, it's like these people can actually see the spirit coming at them. They're looking at it. Well, not she you can. Again. Yeah. Oh, it's not yeah. just her. I don't know if it, well, I but like later the spirit cam is haunting jim and he turns around he doesn't see anything i feel like linda sees something but that's in a dream yeah she has a couple of dream sequences like i swear to god they're just trying to give her something to do because she is completely insignificant (laughs) it's like oh look linda's out of the house nope kidding it's just a dream (laughs) yeah (laughs) all she does is stay at home and paint her nails because she has these beautiful nails and every time she's using the ouija board like ooh. Her manicure looks great. <laughs> but anyway, so then the the spirit kills Zarabeth. It slashes her throat and then pushes her out the window and she impales herself on a sundial. Brandon hears about it on the news the next morning and he goes to Jim and again, very misty-eyed. And when I say misty-eyed, it's like all of a sudden, every time the two of these guys are together, it's like they've either been crying or they are directly (laughs) on the verge of crying. Like their eyes are all red around the outside. Like I can only, the only thing that I could think when I was watching this was like, they must have performed this scene several times and cried (laughs) at some point because their eyes are so red. Or they were just stoned. I don't know. It could be either one. <laughs> it was the 80s. Could be. But Brandon goes to Jim and Linda's asleep and he's like, oh, my God, here's what's going on. I think she's being possessed and it's, you know, we can't just get rid of the Ouija board now because it's too late. You know, he already has his hooks in her or whatever. And Jim's like, OK, good luck and sends him off to go do research somewhere. And then Linda gets attacked by the spirit. And there's an amazing scene where, like, the spirit is throwing her around the room. It's terrible. <laughs> she just throwing herself back and She's forth. She's flopping around. Head to the left, head to the right. I know, and I feel oh. like they had to shoot it really close up <laughs> to give it any kind of sense of realism and it still doesn't work oh it's terrible but she ends up getting thrown against the wall and knocked out and getting put in the hospital which means that now jim and brandon can go on a little road trip together yeah <laughs> now <laughs> that big linda's bear. now that linda's out of the picture huh let's go up to big bear <laughs> <laughs> it all fits you are absolutely right <laughs> they're so gay and they go up to big bear and like, okay, so they do some library research. No, wait a minute. Before before you talk about the library research, don't forget that the homicide, this is the second point that the homicide detective oh, yeah. pops in again. You know, I saw this magician once. He managed to make an entire elephant disappear. 
an entire elephant. That's no mean feat either. Just a tiny elephant's pretty tough just to stick up your sleeve. Of course, I know that he didn't really make that elephant vanish into thin air. He just managed to hide it someplace. Like, because he's still fixated on this hatchet. What do you think her throat was slit with? A hatchet? Whatever it was, her throat matched the ropes that were cut on the construction site. What? (laughs) (laughs) I don't believe you, even for a second. That's so stupid. His hatchet keeps turning up. I mean, I guess the spirit is just carrying it around. I I don't know. (laughs) But then the buddies go on a road trip to Big Bear. It's very beautiful up there, mountains and lakes and things. <laughs> it's a perfect little getaway. <laughs> and they do some research and they and they find out that what they wanted to know is if this spirit that Brandon had been contacting all this time had been telling the truth. So they do research and they find out that, yes, this kid really had been 10 years old when he died. He died in like a boating accident, like a a gasoline explosion on a boat, but they still don't know why he is tormenting Linda. So Brandon's like, well, let's ask his parents. So they try to find him, but they can't. And they're like, well, the kid is buried at this certain cemetery. So maybe the caretaker would have records of his parents or something. So they go to the cemetery and it cuts to a shot. Now I'm stealing this because I read all these articles but it cuts to a scene of uh brandon just sitting in his car (laughs) one of the articles i read said the author was just waiting for jim to pop up from his lap (laughs) 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 and and i thought about it like "Mm -hmm, i can see i i saw a movie like that once (laughs) Um, <laughs> Once? highly doubt that <laughs> yesterday <laughs> uh, but oh god that's so funny too because i was talking to my partner about this last night and he said yeah i was walking through because i watched these on my computer in the living room he said i was walking through and i thought you were watching gay porn <laughs> <laughs> So all he had to see was like, you know, just an image. I had my headphones on. There was no audio at all. And he's like, I totally thought you were watching porn. (laughs) (laughs) But they, okay, so they visit the cemetery and they find David's headstone, but they also find his parents' headstone and his parents had just died a couple weeks ago. Now, I I guess the implication here is that whatever true spirit is doing this, whether it's David or, spoiler alert, someone else, killed his parents so that they couldn't talk or something, I guess. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right? I I didn't get it. I I didn't quite catch it. Whatever. But then they go back to their hotel room where Brandon proceeds to unpack his clothes on both beds and they have a very chummy conversation while Brandon has his shirt open so you can see his you know beautiful <laughs> 80s chest what happened to us man we used to be like brothers well things change people change I didn't steal her from you, you know that. I know. Just that every time I see the two of you together, I go crazy. 
start saying stupid things and I can't stop. You remember what you said about me quitting med school? Jim, I'm sorry, I didn't mean that. Oh, no, you were right. You know what I'm afraid of more than anything else? That I'll never be able to love anyone and then I'm going to end up spending the rest of my life alone. And then Jim makes a dick joke about Brandon and they laugh and have fun. And I also read on the DVD release, there's a making of, and these two actors just really were very chummy together. And at one point in some behind the scene footage, um, you see them like roughhousing together and somebody (laughs) off camera says, guys, have sex on your own time. <laughs> so maybe it was just the dynamic between the two actors, but they uh, had a real bromance going on. Yeah, yeah, they're they're definitely gay. Wow. But anyway, Linda wakes up. She's been in the hospital. She hears David calling her, and then she sees this scary guy who cuts off her head. But it's just a dream again. Yeah. But she checks out of uh, the hospital. And Brandon buys a new Ouija board so they can go to the dock where David died and they try to contact him and they do. Dude, 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 just a second. Brandon throws all of his previous rules completely out the window. Yeah. His thing was, I mean, you remember he was such a dick at the party giving all of his uh, highfalutin knowledge about the Ouija board, Mm -hmm. how it's connected to a particular spirit and then a particular person. He has his own special signal with this person and then it's got to be two clean and pure people and they've got to have it on their knees between them. He goes and he buys a new one so it's not connected to anything. Right. They go to this dock and he says, aren't we supposed to put this on our knees? And uh, Brandon says, no, 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 it's okay because we're here in the spot where David died. And so uh, the, I think that it, you know, the, the signals are strong enough that that's not necessary. Like, well, why not just do it anyway? Right. Like, if these are your rules. But when I'm watching the scene, it goes on for so long. They're asking this board so many questions. And the thing about this is, you've got to picture this if you haven't seen the movie. This isn't like, you know, when you did the Ouija board back home, like you'd all have your fingers on the planchette and you'd ask it a question, then it would slowly move across to something and then stop. And then you'd ask it another question, slowly move across. I mean, there's none of this drama in it. And I think actually that's part of what the problem is, why these scenes look so goofy and silly, is because this planchette is constantly moving in like a figure eight pattern on the board. And so it's like, and they're like asking it a question, and then it kind of goes to something. This goes on for like five or six minutes, and it gets kind of boring after a while. I actually thought it was kind of. I didn't think it was. Well, it's cutting between the board, like a top-down view of the board and the planchette, and this view of just the two of them, just from about mm, I don't know belly button up, but you don't see the board. All you see is the two of them looking down, and their arms are furiously moving. <laughs> going off of what I saw a movie like that once too. <laughs> I thought you did. <laughs> yeah, that was going through my head when I saw this scene. Actually, even though none of the other stuff, all the other stuff went over it, but this this part I just had to bust out at. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, okay. So they ask all these questions, and it basically it's the kid and he in he says it, it wasn't me it was him initially at the party but everything that happened after the party wasn't him and so brandon's like who was it and the kid just writes out evil and then they say who is evil and it writes out her and they're like her like linda like what are you talking about and the 
kid spirit gets all agitated and Jim's like, hold on, didn't you say they're terrible spellers? And Brandon's like, okay, David, did you misspell the word? And he says yes. And they're like, okay, try again really slow. And he spells out her and then it cuts away from the board and it's like, where did he go? He's gone. He's not here anymore. But they look down and the planchette has landed on E, here. Evil is here. And then this big stack of barrels or something that has been, you know, the backdrop behind them this whole time, the ropes holding it break and they're knocked down. Jim is knocked out on the dock. Brandon is knocked into the water. Brandon gets out of the water. He goes to check on his buddy. And then the spirit cam hatchets him to the face. Yeah. <laughs> You're right. The spirit's just carrying the hatchet around. <laughs> right. Exactly. The, the, that same hatchet. Like, like I, you know, I, you can just imagine it like just, you know, randomly floating around. Like floating it, you through know, the air. Took a little trip to Big Bear. But Brandon gets a hatchet to the face and he falls back in the water. And then Jim eventually wakes up after a while and uh, he's looking for Brandon. He He's all bloody on his face, too, which I feel like his wounds totally disappear in subsequent scenes. But he goes down to the shore to, like, wash the blood off his face. And Brandon, I never even understood this when I was a kid because, like, he's dead, but he still reaches out of the water and grabs Jim. Yeah. And then Jim, like holds him in his arms and weeps. (laughs) And it's been, it's been this whole thing that Jim never cries. Like he didn't cry when his parents died. He didn't cry when Lloyd died, but now when his friend dies, (laughs) (laughs) his special friend, sobs. He just has a, a horrible emotional breakdown. Yeah, that's true. Because he's gay. And then, <laughs> so then Jim races back because he finds out that Linda's out of the hospital. At some point, Jim had thrown the Ouija board in the trash can. Linda gets it out. She talks to the spirit. It scares her again. We hear her scream from a wide shot of the house again. <laughs> that's right. And we hear a, a man scream also. Okay, so this guy, his name apparently is Malfador, which just like means evil spirit or whatever. And at some point, Jim finds out who he is and that he used to live in their house. Jim figures it all out. He races home and he opens up the door to their apartment and it's totally trashed yeah because linda took a shower because she took a shower (laughs) yeah you can't skip over this i know it's a gay movie but throw me a bone here we got to talk about linda's shower scene (laughs) careful what you wish for (laughs) (laughs) but i'm ching (laughs) actually keep your bone to yourself Uh, (laughs) linda's uh... i usually do Oh, man, I hope I can finish this. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I was just about to say, I do wish I was there with you right now, Craig, but I'm definitely not gonna... <laughs> <laughs> Oh, my God. Come oh. on, pull it together. All right, all right, all right. So, <laughs> of course, it's got to... <laughs> I just laugh so hard when Linda walks into the shower and turns it on. I'm like, oh, my gosh, this movie's even going to squeeze a shower scene in. Well, I was happy for it. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. But um, she turns on the shower and gets terrorized by water. Yeah. The water turns really, really hot really quick, and, and the door to the shower is locked, so she has to smash her way out of it. 
and uh, and then it's like she's being attacked by the spirit. And apparently, this scene was really hard for her to do. She was apparently extremely nervous about shooting the scene, and chased all of the men off the set except for like the director and the second assistant camera loader or something like that. Huh. I don't know. It's really weird. If you go to the Wikipedia page for this site, it feels like it was written by the director or somebody who was there on set every single day because it's an unusual amount of de- behind-the-scenes detail for a movie. No, I didn't Wik- look at it. For a movie Wikipedia page. Yeah, it's insane. And then when you go over to IMDb, none of this information is there. Nothing. Yeah. But yeah, there's this, this this little details, and she it even said in there that she didn't even trust them to. Sh- I don't know what this means, but it says that she didn't even trust them to shoot the scene until she saw a wedding the wedding ring on the cinematographer's finger. Oh wow! Yeah, like did she think they were gonna do something to her or? I don't know. I mean, I I wouldn't do nudity, but I guess she's just it, it, it just surprised. I, I I don't know why I think that beautiful people would feel any different than I do. I mean, sure. she's such a beautiful like, what do you have to hide? Like, show it off like you look great. Well, but it does. I mean, it almost feels gratuitous isn't the word because it's not no. gratuitous. I mean, it's it's a, a very mild scene but it's but unnecessary she is fully nude yeah i mean it is unnecessary but but she is fully nude so you yeah know, I, fully I can nude. understand why there would be some discomfort i think the full frontal at, at some point for at least a flash right yeah oh yeah yeah so. yeah I, I i always think of um revenge of the nerds we've got bush <laughs> 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 but Tani Katane, I'm sure you're looking or listening. You yeah. looked great. You, you had were nothing fantastic. to worry about. So yeah, so she's terrorized by the shower. Go on. Later, Jim breaks in uh, and sees that the room is absolutely torn up. And then as he's walking around the room calling her name, suddenly she pops up from behind a, a broken out desk or something with... Is it an axe? It's just a random axe, right? I thought it would... It's a fire axe. I thought it would be her his hatchet or something, but it must be she must keep a fire axe in her room or something. Oh... This scene is so bad. And and like she's talking to him. Oh, and I I hope she's not listening because her acting is so, so terrible. But they they distort her voice to make it sound more masculine. And the thing is, like, she's obviously trying to kill him and she gets him by the throat. She's throttling him on the ground and he's choking and, and he says, I love you, which he's never said to her before like she comes back for a second but then the spirit comes back it's like it's not gonna be that easy yeah <laughs> i actually thought that was the most clever moment in the entire movie i, <laughs> I really appreciated that because my eyes were rolling when he said i love you and she started coming back i was like oh my god yeah so he stabs her in the leg with a letter opener and it's funny because she clearly has like huge padding in her pants. <laughs> you can totally see it. Yeah. He stabs her in the leg and then they're facing off. He has a gun. I don't even remember where he got the He gun, gets it from the cop because inexplicably suddenly the cop bursts in. <laughs> yeah. It's the third and final time we see the cop. And he's, uh, you know, he thinks that Jim is going to hurt her so he tries to help her but she like knocks him to the ground and then jim is holding this gun on her and she goes into this whole monologue about how he is the portal now i thought this was actually pretty clever 
because Brandon had said that the spirit will terrify you and scare you to make you weak so that you are an easy conduit or something. Mm -hmm. Evil Linda says to him, I terrified you by torturing her. And that actually makes sense. Yeah, it's kind of smart. If it were true. Right. But it also doesn't make sense because he's like, there's if you want to close the portal, there's only one way you can do it. And you've got the means right there in your hands. Basically, what he's saying is kill yourself to close the portal. Well, that should be a big clue because this evil spirit clearly wouldn't want the portal closed. So why would he tell you how to do it? Yeah. It doesn't make any sense. Yeah. So it looks like Jim's going to kill himself. He puts the gun to his head and he says her name. And then she like comes back and she's like, no, don't do it. And then you hear the gunshot, but it's a total fake out because he doesn't shoot himself. He shoots the Ouija board, which expels the spirit from her body. But I guess when it comes out, it turns back into the spirit cam. It forces him some way out the window. And it's a terrible special effects shot oh, God. of him falling out the window, like onto this car or whatever. And then it cuts to another fake out scene where you see a bunch of people in church crying and you think surely it's his funeral, but it's not. It's their wedding. He's in a neck brace, but it's their wedding and they're married and it's very 80s and everything's happy and then you see the people cleaning up the apartment the landlady and some other chicky cleaning up the apartment they pick up the ouija board and one of them says oh i wonder if it still works and the other one says with all those bolt holes in it no way and they throw it in the trash and then you see the planchette race up to the yes the end. The end. Now, you got to mention that the landlady is Rose Marie. Yeah, I don't know her. Like, she was really recognizable, but I didn't recognize anything that she was from. Did you ever, I know this is older than both of us, but I've, there were reruns going all the time, and it's so famous. Did you ever watch the Dick Van Dyke show? Uh, I mean, here and there. She was the writer. Yeah. She was the the his this oh. writer friend of the Dick Van Dyke show. She's fantastic. R- Rose Marie is. Oh, she's great. Is incredible. Like she like started out her career like in the 1920s when she was a kid. Like the jazz singer or something. Yeah, right? yeah. She became a jazz singer, but she was like a kid. They called her Baby Rose, I think, and she was on the radio when she was like I don't know five singing and. Um, she's just had an insane career. Jazz singer, hugely great on the Dick Van Dyke show, Com- a real comedy writer, not just on that on that show, but in real life and tons of mm-hmm. stuff. So weird that she ended up with a bit part in this movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't get it. So anyway, then there were a couple of sequels. If I ever saw the sequels, I don't remember them. And like I said, a, a spinoff. And, and I, I don't think the sequels followed the same storyline at all they just the thing they had in common was a ouija board Mm. yeah i don't know again it's it's childhood nostalgia for me it's not a good movie it's 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 kind of a lame movie like you said i i wouldn't classify it as so bad it's good yeah but i would almost say that if you like 80s horror movies it's definitely not the worst no you know i i still kind of like it I'll probably watch it again at some point, <laughs> especially especially now that you have this whole other take on it. <laughs> right. <laughs> it does make the movie slightly more interesting, actually. But I, it's got to be a completely self-aware thing on the part of the I mean, the director, from what I saw when he was talking about this film. And I think I read this on the Wikipedia page as well when he was talking about uh, 
how his inspiration and stuff for the script was. He was actually kind of inspired by The Exorcist, kind of inspired by something else. And he talked about how he really was trying to heighten this bromance, that this board, in his mind, the board was helping Jim to realize his problems uh, relating to people and what was coming between him and his girlfriend. <laughs> yeah. And I guess, you know, I mean, <laughs> maybe in the director's mind, it was Jim's own, you know, mental problems. But uh, when you watch the movie, there's something very clearly coming between him and his girlfriend. <laughs> Stop saying coming. <laughs> Multiple times. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh. Just, let's just let's just leave it there. <laughs> End it here, okay. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right. Thank you again for listening to another episode. If you enjoyed this podcast, please share it with a friend. <laughs> or a special friend. Whoever's around. <laughs> just search search on the internet where you can find many interesting things two guys in a chainsaw we have a facebook page uh you can leave us a comment there we have a website two guys.red40net.com you can find all of our back episodes there as well and leave us a comment there give us your requests we'd love to uh to hear them until next time i am todd and i'm craig with two guys in a chainsaw <laughs> <With> stop <laughs> just just do it with two guys in a chainsaw <laughs> Stop Bye, laughing. folks. The end. The end. <laughs> <laughs>